0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And on ESPN Plus, ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He, he's Nick Friedel. You can tweet to us at sports at Nick Friedel. You can also join the conversation on the CC call-in line at 1-888-SAY-ESPN, 888 729 Tune in to the ESPN daily podcast. Bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. So Nick, we have a ton to get to on today's show. Me and Nick are taking you up until seven o'clock Eastern, filling in for Canty and Carlin. We will get into what's happening with Deshaun Watson tomorrow at his disciplinary hearing in front of the NFL. The Avs uh, are Stanley Cup champions. The Cup, though, may have suffered some damage. We'll tell you about that on today's show. We will get into NBA free agents who may be on the move, not named Kyrie Irving. Don't worry. We'll get into Kyrie Irving plenty as well. And even some NBA non-free agents who we might see in new uniforms next season. But we do have to start with Nick in the most obvious place, because for those of you who don't know, Nick Friedle is an ESPN NBA reporter. He did cover the Brooklyn Nets last season. I say you did, Because I don't know what's going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets now and you, frankly, moving (laughs) forward. We will also get into that on today's show, Don't You Worry. But right now, of course, the Brooklyn Nets are in the news because Kyrie Irving has been making waves. He has until Wednesday to decide whether he's going to opt into his $36.9 million player option that he's owed next season or whether he's going to become a free agent. He's tweeting cryptic stuff. None of us know how Kyrie thinks. But we do know now that the Nets have given Kyrie permission to look for sign in trades or opt in in trades, if you want to call it that, for himself. So he's uh, looking at the market. Now Wojnick is reporting nobody's interested except for the Los Angeles Lakers. So we will unpack destinations. But what does this really mean to you? Because it appears that the relationship between Kyrie and the Nets has been deteriorating. You have a lot more intel on this than I do. What does this signify, this news today that now he can seek a sign-and-trade?
2: Amber, the reality is Kyrie just doesn't have that much leverage. That is where the Nets stand. They knew it coming into the summer. They know it even more now. Their whole point to Kyrie is, look, you want to leave $30 million on the table? It's never coming back. So good luck to you trying to find that money somewhere else. It's not going to happen. If you want to go sign with the Lakers for the mid-level and get into that whole mess with LeBron and AD and whatever may become of that team next year, go for it. But we still have, as the organization, the upper hand, and we are not going into business with you on a long-term deal given what we've seen the last couple of years. And, Amber, I was around that team every day for the last four months of the year. Frankly, since right when Kyrie came back, that's when I moved from California to New York. Kyrie reappeared at that game in Indianapolis. That was one of the most miserable teams I have ever been around. And it is not just on Kyrie. That would not be fair to place it all on his decision not to get vaccinated. But it is to say the biggest factor in why that team was so unhappy, and this is top to bottom, this isn't just a couple guys in the locker room. This is all the way through because they just didn't know if they could count on him night to night. And it's been a recurring theme throughout the last few years of his career. The talent has always been there. Everybody knows how good he is. They just don't know if they can count on him all the time. That is the problem before it's the problem now and having been around him and been around his impact on the rest of the group amber that would be my biggest concern if i were running the lakers or anybody else moving forward is why would you trust that things would be different this time around
1: It is hard to trust anything when it comes to Kyrie Irving, right? And it's hard to know how Kyrie Irving thinks. But what strikes me about this situation, it can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking at the situation from the outside looking in and I'm like, okay, Kyrie is upset that he's not getting an extension from the Nets right now, right? Like this is about money Kyrie wants to be paid. And so that's where the initial source of frustration seems to come from. I would be staying if you were ponying up some deal and some monster extension here. Fine but if you want to get paid and that's your goal here then why are you considering places that you can't get paid like it, and this seems like the, situ- the the hard part about his the, his bargaining position when it comes to negotiating with the nets like It's theoretically about the money, but the most money you can get is from the team that you're negotiating with about the money, and they know that. Like, they're looking at these other destinations, and they're like, okay, boss, go take a $30 million pay cut potentially somewhere else. So I have a hard time, beyond the relationship between KD and Kyrie, seeing where Kyrie's negotiating power comes from, unless it is simply he's walking into the front offices and saying, you know what? If you don't make me happy, KD's out too.
2: And that, Amber, is the best and biggest leverage that Kyrie has. And I can tell you, even in the last week or so, talking to people within the organization, the position that they are, are at least looking at is, hey, if that's the risk that we have to run, as much as we love Kevin Durant, as much as we want to build around him and we think we can win a title with him, if we have to run things back with Kyrie may, may or may not be in the lineup every night, then we'll risk that KD may want to walk out the door too because it's an important part of the conversation in context. The Nets don't want to lose control of their team the way they have the last couple of years. And, Amber, that's why I have no sympathy whatsoever for Brooklyn because when you go into the superstar business, especially with Kyrie, this is usually what happens. There's a track record of this over and over again. So I think Joe Josiah, the owner, Sean Marks, the GM, Steve Nash, the coach, everybody seems to be on the same page here. Hey, Kyrie, we want you to play. We know you're great, but we want to be sure that you're going to be out there. And Kyrie, as you mentioned, he doesn't want to be told, what to do on any level. He wants to be able to run things his way. And Amber, that is the difference now for the time being. And and the Nets have also shown a track record of saying one thing and doing another, specifically with, hey, we don't want Kyrie, if he's not going to be vaccinated, a full-time member of the team. And a couple months go by, hey, Kyrie, uh, we'll take you on the road and -hmm. we'll figure out the rest later. They want to know that Kyrie will be there as a member of the team and not trying to run his own show his own way without the help and backing of everybody else in the organization.
1: It seems like Sean Marks is in the power position here in terms of negotiations, but I have wondered that exact thing that you just said them flip flopping during the season on allowing Kyrie to become a part time player before the vaccine mandate was lifted. He's seen them flip-flop before. I do wonder if that hurts their bargaining power from the Nets' perspective, frankly. Christian Winfield from the Daily News, he's their Nets reporter, was on Barton Hahn earlier today. He spoke about whether Kyrie Irving is actually going to leave Brooklyn.
3: I would not be just be surprised to see him test true free agency, see what deals are really out there, and maybe go through with that Lakers at that mid-level exception, which is crazy when you consider he's leaving $30 million on the table. Mm-hmm. But it's not so crazy when you consider it's Kyrie Irving, right? And this is, this is Kyrie Irving who has stood his ground on things that didn't even make sense, kind of like the earth being flat, right? Like some things just... Kyrie is going to do what Kyrie wants to do. And if he doesn't feel like he's getting the respect or the commitment from a franchise that he delivered Kevin Durant to, I, I, I could see him leaving. Right. So part of me thinks, okay, maybe to sign and trade, but from what I've been hearing, the offers from other teams haven't been, you know, something that the Nets really want.
1: Make it make sense, Nick. Make it make sense. I mean, I guess it's just impossible for it to make sense when we're talking about Kyrie Irving, but he starts all of this because he wants to be paid. He wants an extension. And now he's going to leave and leave $36 million on the table? Like, that's what we're talking about? It's so hard to understand what what is, what is where Kyrie is coming from, frankly.
2: Hey, Amber, what you just described is, every player and personnel member in the last few years when they try to recount what's happening with Kyrie because one day you think it's one thing and the next day it could be something different. The the, the key to me, though, in all this is it's like a relationship where one person says, I can make them change. I know that they've been this way uh, all throughout what we've seen so far, but I can be the one that makes everything different. And I I just caution anybody, if it were LeBron and the Lakers or any other team, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're going to, when you get into the Kyrie business, you are going to have to do things the Kyrie way. And he has shown over and over that that's what it's going to be. And anybody in that Brooklyn organization, as much as they appreciate the talent that Kyrie provides – Sometimes you have to say to yourself, is it worth it for all the other trouble that surrounds that talent? And, Amber, that's where, as an organization, it seems like the Nets are taking a very hard line here. Either opt in and take our $36 million and try to help us win a title and prove it this year, or we are done. And if that costs us Kevin Durant, that's something that we'd have to live with down the line. But we are not going through another year of what we just saw last season.
1: Well, and maybe blowing the whole thing up wouldn't be the worst thing ever for the Brooklyn Nets. Let's get your take on it. Give us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN. We are asking you, if you were the Nets, how would you handle Kyrie Irving? Go ahead and put your GM hat on and give us a call. 888 729 So we know that Kyrie Irving may no longer be a Brooklyn. Net. We also know that there was a list of preferred destinations in a sign and trade type of scenario. We will get into that with Nick Friedle in just a minute. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing and you can be there to catch all the action live with Vivid Seats. Get out to the ballpark and experience every home run, every web gem and every walk off. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you'll start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Buy 10 tickets, get the 11th one for free. That's like getting 10% back on every ticket. From the box seats to the bleachers, Vivid Seats has you covered with tickets at great prices all summer long. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live.
3: He thinks that he deserves a four-year extension fully loaded. This is not a Knicks putting it out there. This is not the Lakers putting it out there. This is off the player who thinks he's got leverage. And I'm here to tell you, he doesn't. Talk about delusional. I
0: mean, that's this
3: dude. Listen to this Kyrie Irving.
1: So we will get into some of those preferred destinations from Kyrie Irving and whether they even matter. But again, you can give us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN. And that is exactly where we find David in Minneapolis. David, what do you have for us on Kyrie? What do you think is gonna happen here with this situation?
3: Well, I don't think that Kyrie's gonna go anywhere. I, I don't think you guys think he's gonna go anywhere either, for a lot of different reasons. But but if this team gels with the pieces they have, they become potentially the best team in the NBA, if not one of the best teams in the NBA. And so I don't think I think Kyrie knows that I think the Nets know that I think everybody knows that so he's going to stay there he's trying to negotiate and get a, a longer contract but he's staying with the Nets and and and, and frankly uh if they if they don't it's just just as bad a deal for the Nets for him to leave as it would be for Kyrie
1: Thanks for the call. Uh, There are a lot of people who are going to question whether this is reality, right, Nick? Like whether this means he's actually going to leave. But we do know that if he is going to leave, there are some preferred destinations. And when this list first came up, Nick, I looked at this list and I'm like, I mean, other than the Knicks, which the Knicks are just on it because we have this idea that Kyrie wants to be home and that's the whole reason he's in Brooklyn to begin with. But these other organizations are like, all right, let's throw together a list of like good organizations that might have a chance at winning in the NBA. And this is the list, right?
2: Amber, Kyrie lives in a world that is... uh, only for one person <laughs> at all times. You could you could write down your list and where you might want to end up. And you know the only voice that's going through my head right now as I as I hear this is the guy who was talking to Liam Neeson in, in Taken and said, "Good luck," <laughs> because <laughs> right. Kyrie, uh, you could put down any team you want. It's got to make sense for all involved. Bobby Marks, our colleague who works with us uh, on the NBA side. Bobby told me, we were texting last night, and he said, once Kyrie were to opt in, he then has to ask for permission to get the deal, which is what the Nets are saying all along. The Nets are saying, opt in, $36.9 million, Here you go. It's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You want to go somewhere else? Good luck with trying to figure that out. So he can talk to any team he wants and, and go through the motions. Woj is reported. It's only looking like the Lakers would get in business. There's something else to keep in mind here, though, contractually, Amber, which is if you do a sign-and-trade, you have to commit to at least three years. I guess if you're the Lakers with as many other bad things that have gone on with that team, you're going to commit three years' max dollars to Kyrie. You know, have fun with that one, too. So there were a lot of layers to this story, but Kyrie putting out his list, when I saw it, I just kind of laughed because – You could say, hey, I want to go here, here, and here, but it takes two people to make something happen in the league, and Kyrie right now just does not have the leverage that he thinks he does in his mind.
1: So, as a reminder, we've been talking about this list for a few days, but as a reminder, the teams on Kyrie's list of preferred sign-and-trade destinations, the Los Angeles Lakers, that's the one that maybe has some legs. We are talking about, of course, a player in LeBron who Kyrie has won a championship, and apparently, apparently they've smoothed things over. Even though Kyrie desperately wanted to leave LeBron and and go forge his own path, apparently uh, they're all good now. The Los Angeles Clippers, the New York Knicks, the Miami Heat, the Dallas Mavericks and the Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers were the one on this list where I was like, okay, I can't take this list seriously. Like Kyrie (laughs) thinks that he's going to chase James (laughs) Harden, James Harden, who just ran away from Kyrie. He thinks he's going to chase James Harden to Philadelphia. What are we doing? Unless the 76ers aren't, Uh, going to give Harden an extension. He's not going to opt into his $50 million extension, which seems like um, a pretty absurd thing. We will get into that on today's show as well. Amber Wilson and Nick Fredell, we are filling in for Canty and Carlin taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. The Los Angeles Lakers, though, that is the one that Woj is reporting. Okay, maybe there's some validity to it. And I don't think it sounds like the most insane thing because I've seen what LeBron does as an air quotes GM, right? And he kind of goes back to old faithful. Like he likes to have the vets around who he's comfortable with either his boys guys he's played with in the past guys that he loves the he loves the older vets Nick the ones he's comfortable with so this does feel a little bit like an air quotes LeBron GM move
2: Ever it's not out of the realm because anything's possible with the Lakers.
1: Well, that's true. <laughs> Although mean, not really. And we can unpack that. Like, nothing's right. really possible at the same time. Like, anything's possible, but nothing's really possible because of their salary cap situation, especially with Russell Westbrook. Tim <laughs> Bontemps, ESPN's NBA reporter, was on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. He talked about how Kyrie would fit into this Los Angeles team.
3: They would be a lot better, but I still don't think they're a championship-level team if they add Kyrie Irving. This team would still have basically minimum salary slots at every single place around those guys. We don't know. Obviously, we saw both Anthony Davis and LeBron get hurt last year. Are they going to be able to stay healthy? Are they going to be able to guard anyone? I mean, they would have a lot of questions to answer. But certainly, if they could get Kyrie either in a trade or if you know, obviously if he signed there, um, it would make them a lot better and would certainly make them a factor. But I, I don't think it would be a guarantee that they have a chance to win.
1: Oh, so we have to unpack uh, during today's show, of course, the potential trade scenarios with the Los Angeles Lakers, but there is conflicting information there, Nick, where the Nets might not be interested, right? Like we are hearing the Nets are not interested in Russell Westbrook, which that contract would have to be moved if Kyrie's opting into 30 whatever million it is that he'd be opting into. So there's a lot that would go into even being able to get this deal done to begin with. Nick and I will absolutely be getting into the Los Angeles Lakers aspect of a potential sign and trade with the Brooklyn Nets concerning Kyrie Irving. But coming up next, we're going to take a break from this Kyrie situation for a minute. I'll give Nick a breather. You know, he's been talking about it for what, like a year straight, Nick? So we'll give you a 10 minute breather here.
2: perpetually spins it over (laughs) and over and over trying to figure out what Kyrie's doing
1: so we'll, we'll give you a little breather not necessarily a better subject uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson Whoa. his NFL disciplinary hearing is scheduled for tomorrow we will get onto the expectations surrounding that hearing next this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio
2: Passion, drive, and patience. The
3: formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
0: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play.
1: Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. You can tweet to us at Amber sports at Nick Fridell. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line at triple eight, say ESPN. We were asking you if you were the Brooklyn Nets, how would you handle this Kyrie Irving situation? We are, of course, talking about that plenty on today's show since Nick Friedell covered the Brooklyn Nets for ESPN last season. But we are going to take a mini break here because Nick has been doing nothing but talking about Kyrie Irving for a year. So let's talk about something else that frankly we've been talking about at ESPN Radio for a year now because Deshaun Watson has been investigated by the NFL for actually more than a year now overall. The investigation is going to take center stage this week because Deshaun Watson's disciplinary hearing is set for tomorrow. That means the NFL and the NFLPA will each lay out their cases in front of the league's jointly appointed disciplinary officer. That is Sue Robinson, a former federal judge, and she will determine what consequences Deshaun Watson faces for allegedly violating the league's conduct policy. Now, I don't know, Nick, how tuned into this story you are. We've been talking about it a ton here, of course, and I've been saying all along that this was going to be a really lengthy process, and it has proved to be a very, very lengthy process, but we are finally in a place where we are going to get some answers in terms of Deshaun Watson. Now, a warning, I think that it'll turn into more of a process because Deshaun Watson will probably appeal, whatever the ruling is, and we're probably not going to have a definitive answer tomorrow, but it's one step closer tomorrow. Nick, to us actually knowing whether Deshaun Watson is going to be under center for the Cleveland Browns next season or not.
2: Amber, with your law background, I'm curious because you have spent so much time discussing this story and we seem to be getting closer to some sort of more formal answer. Why has it taken so long, you think, to get to this point?
1: In large part because of the criminal investigations. So the NFL policy is that they will not uh, get involved when they're investigating. They do not want their investigation to any way hinder a potential criminal investigation, right? And so we know that Deshaun Watson, for a time, was being criminally investigated. So until we found out that he was not being charged with a crime, the NFL was only able to move so far with their investigation. They were still conducting their investigation, but they couldn't depose Deshaun Watson. And that's a cornerstone of an NFL investigation. And that's why you didn't get get that until after we found out that Deshaun Watson would not be facing charges when he went in front of those grand juries. And so that in part is why this has taken as long as it has. And then I think because of the pure number, frankly, of civil lawsuits filed against Deshaun Watson, the pure number of complaints that are that have, uh, you know, alleged that he is Uh, had that he has um, is liable not guilty liable for sexual misconduct and sexual assault and so because of that there was just a lot I think for the NFL to sort through when it came to Deshaun Watson I do think that there is a bit of a misconception here because I, I haven't seen much about this my understanding of the way that this process works under the new CBA in the NFL is that the NFL conducts its investigation and then the lead investigator recommends a suspension and they would have already done that and they would have actually already had to have given under the CBA as I understand it they would have already had to have given Deshaun Watson and his representation an idea of the suspension because they would have had to tell them what the NFL is recommending based on that investigation 10 days before this hearing tomorrow so I think that's why we have the reports out there that's a year or an indefinite suspension with a year minimum I think that that means that that's actually what the NFL has already recommended And there hasn't been a ton of reporting on it. They keep those things under wraps, but there's a reason that that's been leaked out in the way that it's been leaked out. And some people are theorizing that the NFL leaked out that information because then if Sue Robinson tomorrow makes it eight games instead of a season, the NFL can go, well, we did everything we could to drop the hammer. And we tried for a season that if he appeals it down to six games, the NFL can kind of be like, well, we tried. you know, we tried, this wasn't us like this was our independent arbitrator. And, and so maybe there is a component of that Or maybe they're setting us up because a very lengthy suspension is, in fact, coming. And that's what has, in fact, been recommended. And that's why that was leaked. And it actually has nothing to do with sort of the public relations view and the optics of it all. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes tomorrow. There's no track record for Sue Robinson in in terms of we don't know how long it'll take her to issue a decision because she hasn't been in this situation before.
2: I can hear the Roger Goodell soundbites coming already as he's question about what's forthcoming but the other part that struck me even in the last few days the story comes out the other day that 20 of the 24 civil suits have been settled Mm -hmm. how does the fact that there are still four pending civil suits out there impact whatever decision the nfl may make
1: Well, I do think that the timing of settling those 20 civil suits, and I would imagine that he tried to settle all 24 of them, but of course it takes two parties to agree to a settlement. But I would imagine the timing of settling at least 20 of them uh, coincides quite perfectly with this hearing coming up, right? This disciplinary hearing. My guess is Watson's legal team decided, hey, let's try to get past as many of these civil suits as we can before we go into that disciplinary hearing. So it feels like we're further along in the process. One of the reports that's out there circulating about this idea of an indefinite suspension is that the NFL wants to leave the door open, which is why they want an indefinite suspension in case more women file more actions. Which has been threatened, right? And obviously we saw more actions filed just within the last month. And so it's a little bit hard. And so maybe Watson's camp thought, okay, well, let's at least get rid of 20 of them. You know, we're reducing the number here. Uh, Those are concluded and we can move forward to try to reach some sort of conclusion here in terms of a suspension, because obviously an indefinite suspension I would imagine would be worst case scenario for Deshaun Watson, where it is open-ended. And frankly for the Cleveland Browns as well, I I've been saying all along, Nick... I mean, it's just the way that civil law works. Like this is going to be a lengthy process and these cases are going to settle because all civil cases settle. It's just how it goes. Less than 2% of them go to trial. And so this idea, I know that there's been a lot of other people on our airwaves that are, you know, like when Deshaun Watson comes out and he's like, oh, I'm not settling. I want my day in court. And they, and the complainants come out, I want my day in court. Like nobody's getting their day. Most likely nobody's getting their day in court because it doesn't make sense, frankly, typically from a financial perspective. And it doesn't necessarily mean that he's liable for these things, that he did these things or not. Sometimes it comes down to a consideration. That involves things like, hey, how does this affect my upcoming disciplinary hearing? Is this worth it for me to perpetuate these cases, even if I thought I am innocent, frankly? So there's a lot that goes into it. And then, of course, lawyers' fees on top of that as well. Often it's actually cheaper to settle a civil lawsuit than it is to take it to trial. And even if you were to win because of how much you'll pay in fees just trying to get there. So there was a lot for him to consider. I was surprised that some of these didn't settle sooner. But I'm not surprised that a lot of these settled right before the disciplinary hearing.
2: Amber, I think you laid it out very well, and it makes more sense for me as someone on the outside watching this as to why the Browns would be comfortable signing the deal that they did. Because it sounds like they felt all along there's another punishment coming, but all these suits will eventually get settled, and we can, in theory, clear out everything that would stand in the way of Watson being back on the field.
1: And it's why, apparently, though, that the Dolphins, reportedly at one point, uh, who were interested in Deshaun Watts in midseason before the trade deadline this past season, and apparently there are reports out there that they were like, hey, we're interested if you can settle everything, you know, and get it all behind yep. you. So there would be more teams potentially interested in Deshaun Watts, and he couldn't settle everything at that time and get it all behind him. But again, a very complicated process. So it appears he's as, at least trying to get as much of it behind him as he can. But now we get to the punishment from the. NFL portion of things and we'll see how this goes for Deshaun Watson who may be suspended for an entire year maybe even more because maybe the NFL takes issue with the fact that him and the Browns structured his contract to not take much of a financial hit at all even if he's suspended for an entire season so that's what's happening with Deshaun Watson tomorrow we will get answers there coming up next we're gonna try to unpack answers about Nick Fridell's future could he be on the move again thanks to Kyrie Irving that's next this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: You can give us a call on the CC call online at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. 888 thats where we find Don in Dallas. Don, I understand that you want to chime in about the Deshaun Watson situation. What you got for us?
3: Uh, yeah, I got a statement and a question here. Uh, I'm trying, I, I believe that what they're arguing, debating
2: over uh, is probably the fine itself versus the suspension, length of suspension, because why would he – settle the cases if he's going to get another year away from football. Uh, and he's been basically cleared of all charges where the burden of
3: proof is even greater versus than in the civil court where they're just basically going off of motions of how they feel. Um, so I would think it would be best for them to just find him and let him play football and make the fine probably 10, 15, maybe 20 million and donate that to uh, some type of women's cause or uh, some type of a preventative
2: uh, uh, I can't think what I'm trying to say here, but, uh, like
1: philanthropic know, you know, charity, yeah, you know,
2: some type of uh, profit, non profit or
3: something like that.
1: Yeah. Thank, and that'll hurt him more. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks Don for the call. We've, we've got limited time here, but, uh, it's because of the CBA, right? Everything is incredibly regulated, of course, under the CBA, which is collectively bargained by the NFL and the NFLPA. And so, Nick, they can't just kind of go ham and do whatever, even if it seems like in this scenario there would you know, be a moral component here that would be nice uh, to help others out. They're not going to be able to do that. It, and actually, when it comes to the disciplinary hearing, what is at issue is a potential punishment. And what she has to determine, Sue Robinson, the independent arbitrator, is whether Deshaun Watson violated the league conduct policy if she determines that he didn't violate the league conduct policy and it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be criminal I mean all sorts of things violate the league conduct policy think of it as a morals contract or a morals clause in many of all of our employment contracts in other industries as well that's kind of what the league conduct policy is like and so if she determines that he violated that then she issues a suspension if she determines he didn't then the case is closed. The NFL can't even appeal that. If she issues a suspension, then either Deshaun Watson or the NFL can appeal the suspension, and that gets interesting because then it is either Roger Goodell who hears that appeal or he can appoint an independent arbitrator again for the appellate process. I know I just took up all your time, Nick,
2: I'm talking right. about this Deshaun the, Watson stuff. The, the question to me after the NFL has missed the mark so many times Optics wise, in suspension length, is do they get it right the first time where seemingly everybody else around goes, Yes, this was the time that needed to happen for him
1: to sit out? Well, and it's why under this CBA, now the NFL has that independent arbitrator to help with those exact optics. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to me and Nick. At Amber W Sports, that's me. At Nick Friedle, that is him. It's time to talk about Kyrie again, Nick Friedle. I gave you a little bit of a break. You haven't had much of a break here over the last year because Nick, of course, covers the NBA for ESPN and specifically covering the Brooklyn Nets this past season. And that's what I wanted to get into here because... This gets a little interesting. We are now facing a scenario where apparently Kyrie has been given permission by the Nets to seek a sign and trade. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that Kyrie is going to get what he wants. We don't know if Kyrie's actually on his way out of town. We don't even know if he's opting in yet to his player option or opting out. He has until Wednesday to do that. But let's play a little game here, Nick, because let's say Kyrie's on the move. You know, he goes to the Lakers, fine. Then what happens with Kevin Durant? Well, if Kevin Durant's on the move as well, because maybe Brooklyn sees an opportunity and we will get into this on today's show. We are taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets see an opportunity. Let's just blow the whole thing up and reload. We will get a King's ransom in return, of course, for Kevin Durant. We could trade away Ben Simmons. Maybe we'll just rebuild this whole thing. Then what happens to Nick Freddell? Are you on the move again? Because you were just with the Warriors. Now you're with the Nets. What happens if Kyrie goes to Angeles? Are you with the Lakers? How many times are you moving within one year?
2: We're going to be at three. <laughs> <laughs> if Kevin and Kyrie are gone, ever, you can bank on the fact that they will not be having me around the Nets day-to-day uh, at that point. What do you mean guess... the Brooklyn
1: Nets aren't interesting? <laughs> Kyrie if, and Katie aren't there?
2: If I have learned anything about our company through the years, while – it is imperative that we, the company, follow the teams that win and that matter up top. We love drama. (laughs) And anywhere that KD and Kyrie go, you can bank on the fact that there will be drama, just like any good television series. And that is probably where I will land. I won't go to the Lakers because my buddy Dave McMenamin is out there and has been out there for a while, so... Good luck to Dave if Kyrie does indeed land in the Laker at in Laker land at some point here. But I will be (laughs) I will be on the move because any team that we are covering day to day, it needs star power and it needs drama. And it would help if they won, but that is not the be all end all. If a team gets Kevin Durant, Amber, they are gonna win. They're gonna have some drama. And if they get Kyrie, oh, oh, oh baby. Are they going to get a lot of drama?
1: Well, if they have Kyrie, they're going to get a lot of drama. If they have Kyrie next to LeBron, they're going to get a whole lot of drama. And I don't know if the Los Angeles Lakers, frankly, need any more drama, but we will be getting into that. You said that if they have KD, they'll be winning. I mean, presumably, although I don't know, the Brooklyn Nets haven't been doing it. Like, I did just see the Nets get swept in the first round with a healthy KD and Kyrie. That gets lost in this conversation, but those guys were healthy, and so I don't know if – I mean, the Nets don't really necessarily have enough. We haven't seen Ben Simmons play basketball. I could see some crazy scenario where the Nets are like, you yeah, know what, we didn't have enough with Kyrie and KD. There ain't no chance we have enough with just Kyrie, or KD now if Kyrie's out ya. So let's go ahead and get everything we can in return, and we'll also trade away Nick Friedle, and we'll see what he gets us in return as well.
3: Hey, Nick, how do you like Memphis, by the way? Because
2: that, that my, could be an opening. My cousin and her husband just moved On there. Biel, so I am Just saying. Yeah, I, I've got a little baby nephew. All I'll, that I'll drama be between the
3: Warriors feet, and the— 10 feet the, off of Beale? If you want drama, <laughs> drama has been the theme between the Grizzlies and the Warriors since they won that title. Just saying. You yeah. You want drama.
2: Yeah. I, there, there, it's always around somewhere. And just when you think that it's disappeared in one place, it always reappears somewhere else. But, Amber— yeah. The the, 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 the the problem for me is as I try to break down where I might land, I, and if Kevin was gonna go anywhere, let me just throw out Miami because I think that would be that would be a hell of a good place. Not Sexy only for talk Kevin, for this
1: Miami Heat fan.
2: Well there you go. Not only not only for Kevin, but for me down on South Beach somewhere. But <laughs> Yeah, I feel like
1: you're willing that into existence. I, I, like, hey you are gonna go gonna anywhere, move, let's talk.
2: If he's going to move and I have to move uh, selfishly, that's where I'd like to be. But but when you're trying to figure out all the things that happened, always, always, always go back to everybody was banking on Kyrie being out there all season long and it didn't happen. So the Nets, you mentioned the Nets and how they're kind of uneasy in what may happen over the next few days and what happens with Kevin Durant. We're going to get into that uh, in short order here. They thought Kyrie would be there all year. He wasn't. They thought that Kyrie would be part of the team. He decided not to get vaccinated. Amber, the reason the Nets don't look right is because they traded James Harden, who would have been there if Kyrie had gotten vaccinated still, and they got Ben Simmons back who hasn't played. So they are not a finished product. This is a team that still has a bunch of question marks. But the hope, and that's all it is right now, is that Kevin Durant comes back, Ben Simmons is healthy, and they can make a push towards the top of the East, even if that means that Kyrie Irving isn't there.
1: That's the least dramatic scenario, though. And we like drama, like you said earlier. I mean, we were joking off air about how, you know, that whole Warriors winning thing, like that lasted for two seconds. Let's talk about Kyrie, because (laughs) those good franchises with good players and winning coaches, I mean, come on. Uh, Coming up next, we'll spend more time on this topic. Kevin Durant, what are his options if Kyrie does get traded?